Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Andy Bates. A good day, a good week here at Worldwide KFUO, celebrating 90 years of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We've got our giving tree up in the studio, all lit up here today with uh, those those little tags on it. You can see a picture of it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash KFUO radio. And uh, go check it out, see the pictures of the staff decorating it, and, and find out how you can be a part of the giving tree too and support Worldwide KFUO uh, in, and, and be a part of this 90-year uh, celebration as well during uh, our 90 days. Uh, we'll wrap it all up around the end of January and lots of fun stuff going on. Uh, we've got a different theme each week this week, obviously the giving tree. I enjoyed the history week. There was so much uh, stuff packed into that week. It was, it was really neat and technology, thankfulness for technology. Now we've got this tree and you can be a part of it too. Uh, we thank you for being our partners and, and, and being uh, listeners and, and being a part of the worldwide KFUO family. We also want to say thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting this program. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin in the sponsor section on our website. Go to kfuo.org and look for CUW in the sponsor section. Need some ideas for your family during Advent? Looking for something maybe new to do? Or what What do some other families do during Advent to uh, uh, to celebrate the season, to help us observe uh, the, the, the church season and um, prepare for the other seasons of the church year as well? Well, we've got some ideas today. We're going to go back to our pros. Uh, we have two of our uh, returning guests, two of our home educators. We're going to talk with Amanda Markle from Belleville, Illinois, and Jackie Meyer from Cherubusco, Indiana, and some of the ideas that uh, that they have for uh, for observing Advent at home with your, their families. Joining me by phone now, Amanda Markle, returning to Faith and Family, one of our uh, favorite home educators. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk with us and stepping aside from your classroom there at home to uh, spend some time uh, teaching the rest of us and sharing with us uh, some of the ideas. What do you like about the season of Advent? Well, you know, I, there's always so much going on right before Christmas. And even when you want to intentionally observe Advent, there's so much busyness. But <laughs> when you're really focusing on Advent, it forces you to at least take some time and stop and just reflect and be peaceful. And, and and by reflecting on Advent, you mean not necessarily just reflecting on what I need to do to get ready for Christmas, but right. <laughs> the the season of Advent itself. Exactly. There is there is so much packed into Advent, and I've been enjoying it this year, going through the the daily New Testament readings as well uh, during the uh, you know during his time in the morning, and and really seeing the themes that that, that come out in those the the be prepared. It's it's not just about uh, I mean certainly Christmas is about the Christ Child, the incarnation, and we we celebrate that. But there's there's so much more to Advent that quite often gets overlooked, and uh, and I know that y- you and your household uh, are are certainly uh, enjoying all the aspects of Advent. What are um, some of the uh, some of the things that that you've done in your uh, home in the past in terms of this season of Advent? I know you have you have multiple children at home. Tell us, uh, and uh, so you have a broad range of ages, right? Yep, from two all the way up to almost twelve. Very good. And so, how do you go about? Uh, what are some of the things that you've done in the past for Advent at home uh, to get the household all in the Advent spirit? <laughs> well, probably our favorite activity is the Jesse tree. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a daily reading, um, and it's all parts of Jesus' lineage and all the prophecies that point to his birth. And there's a little ornament. We have a small tree with just plain white lights on it, so there's a little ornament that goes with each reading, and the children take turns, you know, who gets to hang it up each day. And it's just a really nice way to focus on why we're preparing for Christmas and all the things that led up to it in the scriptures. 
Well, very good. The, the Jesse tree, and I know that uh, other families do that. I, I believe the the Meyer family does that too. So we'll we'll also talk with Jackie about it. How they how they do that in in the Meyer household as well. How long have you all been doing it, using the the Jesse tree in the uh, Markle household? I'd say probably at least five years. It's changed a little. Um, we've been using the same format probably for the last three years or so. And how how are the kids involved with the the Jesse tree? What what is their involvement with it? Well, way back when we started doing it, they helped make the ornaments. Uh-huh. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and like I said, they take turns hanging up the ornaments. Sometimes one of them will do the scripture reading for that day, and then you know we have a discussion about what we read when we're done. Um, sometimes we'll even go back to the reading later in the day, and we usually read from just the standard ESV in mm-hmm. the morning, but we might go and read the story out of a children's Bible just to get a little bit different perspective or you know, bring it down to the little one's level a little bit better. Sure, sure. Now, you mentioned that early on when you started the Jesse tree, the, the kids used to make the ornaments. Do you just keep the same ornaments, or do you make new ones every year? Or We've kept uh, the same ones for quite a while now. We laminated them, so they've <laughs> held up pretty well. I was just going to ask if you did that, if you uh, laminated them, because I can't imagine paper ornaments lasting very long. No, we used to have to do them every year when they were just paper, <laughs> so we decided we'd color them very nicely. They're really beautiful for just having been colored with colored pencils and laminate them and they're pretty sturdy what are some of the different things that you see in those uh on that jesse tree what are some of the different ornaments you that uh that they've made and and what's the story behind some of those well we started with the world because the jesse street tree starts with creation Uh and so the first ornament is um basically a little globe and it, it it's very heavily focused on the early old testament um we've done adam and eve and noah's ark Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are all represented, and so there's the common symbols that you would associate. Um, You know, Joseph's coat is one of the ornaments, and it's just all the stuff that, when you stop to think about it, that you associate with these Bible stories just pictured on the tree. Now, when you uh, when you color Joseph's coat, did you get to get like use all the colors? We used a lot. Oh, very good. So I'm sure that they enjoyed, especially the older kids enjoyed uh, coloring uh, and, and pr- making those ornaments to put on the, the Jesse tree. And uh, it, does it does the Jesse tree lead up to, uh, you, know, it, it, you said there's a daily activity or, you know, daily reading that goes with it. Um, does it all culminate then at, at Christmas? Yep. The final ornament is manger. Um, the closer you get to Christmas, you know, some of the stories, the characters in the Christmas story start showing up, the shepherds. And Mary and Joseph each have an ornament, but the the very last one then is the manger when you read that one on Christmas Eve morning. Well, very good. And what are, aside from the Jesse tree, other activities that you've done in the past? I know the Jesse tree is certainly your favorite. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, We added the O antiphons a few years ago, and those also have ornaments that we put on the Jesse tree. And so that's in the week leading up to Christmas. And we go through the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel when we do those ornaments, which is a lot of fun. Well, very good. Oh, antiphons. Uh, we don't we don't hear those nearly as much um, as we probably could or should. Uh, what is what are the O antiphons, and and why did you decide to uh, to include them in your family's Advent activities? Well, I'd always enjoyed um, going to a choral vesper service mm-hmm. when I was younger that focused on those O antiphons, and I don't. I think I've seen anything like that too recently around here, um, but I came across this set of ornaments that coordinated with each verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and I thought, well, that would be a really neat thing to add. You know, we always sing the first verse of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel when we do our Advent wreath time in the evening, and this way we get to go through all of them and talk about 
what they each mean and have a little more exposure to the whole hymn and not just that first verse. Oh, neat. So, uh, so then you, you talk about those, those ornaments then as part of your, your daily uh, reading or devotion. Mm-hmm. Neat. So the Jesse tree, O Antiphons, other things, anything else that you've done in the past as part of Advent? Well, like um, I just mentioned the Advent wreath, and that's oh, yeah. the, kind of the end of our day. You know, mm-hmm. we start with the Jesse tree in the morning, and then the Advent wreath, we do our family prayers, and we do a kind of an extended prayer time from what we would normally do in the evening. And that, I think that's my favorite part of the day, because even with all the hustle and bustle, it feels like when you're sitting there and just in the candlelight, everything kind of slows down, hmm. and you really focus on why we're celebrating Advent and what we're looking forward to. And I just, it's a very peaceful time of evening and I really, really enjoy that. And so this is, is this after dinner or? Okay. Usually it's close to bedtime as we can arrange it with, you know, the kids going to bed at different times. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say in our household, close to bedtime is about when a certain little boy gets a little uh, either loopy and goofy (laughs) or cranky. And yep. that's that's just me. And then our son, uh, he also gets a little goofy as well. So uh, yeah, we kind of uh, follow the toddler's schedule, and you know, when we see <laughs> she's about ready for bed, then when we try to do it. <laughs> so uh, around bedtime, some time around the wreath. I find it interesting that that two of the uh, two of the activities uh, are associated with with plants or life or growing. We've got the wreath and the tree. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That uh, and, and I guess when you look at, at Christmas too, as well, you know, there's the the hanging the greens as as part of the Advent or uh, Christmas for for some congregations. I guess that there there's kind of a subtle theme of life there, isn't there? Yeah, there definitely is. The evergreens that that stay green uh, for you know, in in a sense forever. They're you know evergreen. Yep, even in the cold months when it's getting dark so early, and mm-hmm. it's a nice reminder. I bet that's, now that you mentioned it, the, the cold months and it being dark, that's another reason why it's probably nice to, to you know, huddle around the candle and a little bit of uh, of light there, that, that brightness that uh, we don't get to see so much during the winter here in the Midwest, huh? Yeah, and it, it really is a great visual reminder. And then as you add a candle each week, the you know, it's still, it's not anything like having the lights on, but it gets brighter and there's mm-hmm. more hope as the candles are all lit. Sure. And just like the, the, uh, the opening versicles of... Uh, evening prayer, I believe it is. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome. What a, a, a nice way to uh, uh, to warm up the evening and, and to end our days as well, as you said, that increasing hope, that increasing light. Definitely. So uh, anything new that you're, uh, that you're doing this year when it comes to Advent activities for the family? You know, we're not really doing too much new this year. We kind of rotate some of the other stuff we do. And I see. so it's not exactly the same as last year, but it's all stuff we've done before i think mm-hmm. when when we talked before you had mentioned something about uh observing some of the commemorations of of saints throughout the season yep tell us what are some of those uh what are some of those that uh you know maybe lesser known that we don't uh observe as you know not everybody necessarily observes uh regularly each year well saint nicholas is probably the most familiar mm-hmm. which is on december 6th sure um, and that that's, you know, a fun one. Not all of our commemorations are totally religious in nature. Uh-huh. Um, we do learn about the life of the saint, and CPH has a great book about St. Nicholas and how that legend grew um, from the, the actual bishop story. And so, so we use, mm-hmm. you know, that day, we read the story, we learn about him, but we also try to do some fun family activities. 
Um, you know, a, a lot of cultures had the tradition of leaving the shoes or stockings out for St. Nicholas that day. And so we have our stockings up, and the children each receive an ornament, and we decorate the tree on that day. And so that's something that they know we always do on St. Nicholas Day and that they really look forward to. And that's early in December, isn't it? That's coming up very soon, isn't it? Yes, it's this Saturday, December 6th. December 6th. Now, that's interesting. December 6th, it's a month before uh, Epiphany. Isn't Epiphany on January 6th? Yes. Huh. Precisely a a month before. Uh, And there are a lot of countries that kind of, they view the Christmas season as December 6th to January 6th. They do that full month. Oh, wow. Okay. And and so, uh, December 6th, St. Nicholas Day, and uh, you you read about the traditions, and, and what I, I find interesting that you, you'd mentioned before is this helps with, um, th- this kind of t- helps teach about other cultures and it has an international aspect to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We've really enjoyed trying to pull in other countries' traditions, um, looking at some of their recipes for the various commemoration days. For St. Nicholas, we tend to focus on Greece. Um, you know, he was kind of in that area, although not specifically in modern-day Greece. Uh-huh. And so we'll, you know, maybe make something for dinner or for dessert that's Greek in origin. Um, one year we learned how to say Merry Christmas in Greek, which I won't even try to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we learn about, you know, how they celebrate Christmas in Greece or in, you know, whatever country we're studying with that particular commemoration day. And it's just a good way to look around the world and see that Christians everywhere are mm-hmm. celebrating the same thing, just in a little bit different way. Okay, well, since you brought it up, you brought up food, and I'm hungry. <laughs> um, what were what were some? Do you remember some of the things that you prepared uh, that that you all did for a meal that that day uh, when you were uh, observing uh, or commemorating uh, Saint Nicholas and the uh, the the land from which he came? Well, we've made baklava several times, and that's a big hit. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found a recipe for a Greek lemon and chicken soup, uh-huh. which is really nice on a cold winter evening. Certainly. Um, and we've just done other things, kind of, you know, hummus and pita chips and, uh, you know, feta and cucumber salads, that kind of thing. Very good. So it, it wasn't uh, cookies and milk or uh, carrot sticks for the reindeer? Thing. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> What what did the kids uh, have to say in their lesson about um, about St. Nicholas? What did they learn, uh, or what did they like learning about St. Nicholas, or maybe it was new for them? They just, they really enjoy the story of his generosity and the way he didn't want to be recognized for his generosity. And they comment on that every year about how he was looking for ways to give, but to do it without being noticed by anybody. Um, and, of course, we always talk about, you know, if he was trying to do it in secret, how did the story spread, you know, and there's just always somebody watching. But they they really like his the true story about him. So what you're saying is social media really helps spread the word of St. Nicholas in his so. time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different form of social media, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a social media. So uh, St. Nicholas is certainly one and probably the, one of the most common. Um, other, uh, other commemorations that uh, you've included in your Advent uh, family activities? Well, the day after St. Nicholas Day is a commemoration for St. Ambrose of Milan. Uh-huh. And we are fortunate to have a St. Ambrose church in the St. Louis area, and we've actually gone and toured that church um, on St. Ambrose Commemoration Day. Neat. And that kind of just, you know, with yeah. all of the iconography and um, everything in the church brings home who he was, and we've learned a little bit more about his story. And, and what did the, the children learn out of the, learn in that lesson on St. Ambrose? 
Uh, we focused primarily on the hymns that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they always, when we're looking up hymns in the hymnal, want to see who wrote it. It's, especially my oldest son really is interested in who wrote the hymns and looking for names he recognizes. Um, and, of course, St. Ambrose wrote Savior of the Nations Come, which is very popular at this time sure, of year. Yeah. Probably my favorite Advent hymn. Um, and so that's another way we've memorized that hymn when we've learned about him and just tried to tie it all together. Now, I have to ask for the meal that evening. Did you serve ambrosia salad? No, we focused on <laughs> Italian food. Aha! Since he was from Milan. I see. Very good. Very good. And, and so there are several uh, throughout, just a lot of history that you really covered during Advent. Um, and uh, the, fascinating. Any others that, any other commemorations that, or that you wanted to point out today that you usually cover during, or that you've covered during Advent or will be covering this year? St. Thomas Day is on December 21st. Uh-huh. And there's an old saying, St. Nicholas for the children, St. Thomas for the old. And it used to be tradition, I think, particularly in England, that that would be a day um, to give gifts to the elderly and to make sure they were cared for. And so that's a good opportunity uh, to go caroling, to take treats, you know, visit members of your congregation that Mm -hmm. might be shut-ins. And it doesn't have to be done on the 21st, but it's just a good reminder to take care of the elderly among us, especially over the Christmas season when they might be feeling lonely or, you know, just want some extra interaction at that time of year. Sure, sure. Uh, so commemoration, um, uh, various commemorations during the season of Advent. Will uh, now after Christmas, during the season of Christmas, uh, will you will you be covering uh, uh, Saint Stephen on um, the twenty sixth? We have in the past. We don't always. Uh-huh. Um, another good one right after Christmas is David, whose commemoration is the 29th, and you can oh. tie him in with the shepherd story. Yeah. yeah. Well, very, very good. And, and now you don't get any rocks out for uh, for the 26th for St. Stephen, do you? No, I, I don't think that that would probably go over too well. No, no, <laughs> no probably not. Not with children. So uh, commemorations uh, uh, of saints. And, and why why saints? What is it? Uh, you know, some might hear, oh, saints, that's a, you, you know, are they're, they're venerating or praying to the saints. And are, it, 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 that's not the case, is it? No, definitely not. Um, you know, the Lutheran Church does have a list of of saints and of biblical figures that we do commemorate throughout the year. And we have tried, you know, to learn about those dates as they come around the whole year, but it's kind of easy to forget and to mm-hmm. fall out of the habit. And so Advent is just another time to be intentional about it and to really learn about these people that God has used to spread his message, you know, through time and through the world. So it's a, it, there's a lot of history and so much that we can learn from these people that God used and how he used them throughout history that, uh, that you really focus on during the season of Advent. Definitely. Uh, any other activities or any other uh, stuff that you'll, you'll be doing during the season of Advent this year? Um, well, not this year, but I do uh-huh. think that next year, I've, I'm already looking ahead because <laughs> I like to plan, we may actually make our own Advent candles. Oh, cool. We've been making our own Paschal candles for the last few years during Lent, and I've found a kit now that we could make our own Advent candles, too, and I think that that, you know, would help make it a little more meaningful that, you know, the children actually made these candles when we're lighting them every night. Now, what all does that entail as you're planning for that? I I would assume that these are candles that are going to have some color to them, whereas your Paschal candle usually is white, correct? Yes. You can um, buy sheets of colored beeswax. Ah. Our only real challenge is finding the blue because we like to coordinate with our churches. You know, our church uses blue. Mm -hmm. A lot of churches use purple, and I think the purple beeswax is easier to find. 
So we'll have to uh, investigate that a little further and see if we can come up with the right materials for it. Yeah, it's, it is kind of hard to find blue candles for the uh, for the Advent wreath. Yeah, as purple I found. definitely seems to be the favorite, but I like the message of hope that comes with the blue candles. Sure, sure. All right, so making uh, making the Advent candles. Now, did you say you make your Advent wreath as well? Actually, no, we've had the uh, same Advent wreath that we got from CPH the first year we lived uh-huh. in this house. And so it's kind of special to us that we've had it the whole time we've lived here as a family. Neat, neat. And how are uh, what do the kids think about the, the Advent wreath and the candles and, and all that? I know you mentioned earlier you love kind of the, the warm glow and the, the increasing light throughout the, the season. Uh, what do the kids think about that special time around, uh, the, around the table, around the, the, uh, the glow of the candles in the evening and, and God's Word? They really like it, too. You can just kind of see their faces light up as the candles are lit and... You know, of course, they argue a little bit over who gets to blow them out each night. <laughs> so we try to have a schedule so that nobody gets left out. But they really, they enjoy that time, too. And I think they enjoy the, you know, extended prayer time. And it would be nice if we could be more intentional to do that all through the year. But at least we're making an effort for sure. part of the year to do it. Now, is there a tree, in aside from the Jesse tree, uh, is, is there a, a Christmas tree in the Markle household? There are two Christmas trees. Two? <laughs> <laughs> Anything special about the trees or anything unique that uh, that you all do with the, the trees in your household? Well, one of the trees is just for all of the ornaments the children have made mm-hmm. over the years. And some of them have a religious theme and some of them are just pretty. But um, that tree is special to them because, you know, they can see all of their handiwork on it. And they have a lot of the ornaments that they made in Sunday school on mm-hmm. there as well. Neat. So it's kind of the, the children's tree with all their artwork. Yep. Neat. And what about the other tree? That's just our big family tree with all the ornaments that we've been given as gifts and collected places we visited and we do um, we do that too. We we uh, we we get a Christmas ornament to various places that we visit and and we receive some as gifts too. So I think that's kind of a neat tradition. It's kind of nice when you pull them out each year and you go, oh yeah, remember when we went to dot dot dot, you know, to such and such place. Yeah, when we when we put them up on Saint Nicholas Day, it's it's a very long process because we do stop and talk about them and remember <laughs> where they came from or who gave them to us. It's it's pretty special time. Neat, neat. Now, any special uh, treats or any when you when you all decorate the tree on Saint Nicholas Day. Are, is there any particular treats that are part of that tradition as well? I make wassail every year. Wassail, yeah. The kids really look forward to that. They're already pestering to make sure I have the ingredients ready to go. <laughs> now, what are there secret ingredients to the wassail in your household? It's not secret, and I don't think it's authentic by any means, but it's cranberry juice and apple juice with a spice bag that you just heat on the stove. Cranberry juice? Mm-hmm. Gives it a little extra. I see. Spice. Now, I always thought it had uh, a lot of wassail recipes had... Apple apple juice or apple cider and orange juice or citrus. But we, we like this one. I, it's my family's recipe, so I've just never bothered to try anything else. <laughs> I'll have to try that. I've never tried that. Cranberry juice. Uh, and now do you use cider or apple juice? Um, I've done both. It's usually whatever's cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> What's on sale. Very good. And then the spices, uh, just a mix of uh, of wintry spices? Yep. Your typical cloves, allspice, cinnamon sticks, maybe some nutmeg. Very good. Any now, I know during Lent you all do uh, you all make banners. Do you do banners during um, uh, for Advent? Yep, we made a big banner that hangs right by our Jesse tree, um, and it it even has detachable flames for three of the candles, so that we can add them as we go through the season. Cool, cool. Now, anything else that uh, that, that culminates at Christmas then for uh, for your family? I know we've talked about the Jesse tree. Anything else? What is what does Christmas look like? 
Well, after um, church on Christmas Eve, we always have a birthday cake for Jesus, mm-hmm. and we've been doing that ever since I think our first was a baby. Um, and we make sure, we, we usually put three candles on it for the Trinity, because, you know, nobody's oh, yeah. going to guess at Jesus' age. <laughs> we don't want to burn the house down either. Um, but that that's a big thing that the kids look forward to, that they know that that doesn't happen until after church, even though we usually eat dinner before. Well, very good. So, uh, a birthday party, or a birthday cake for Jesus as part of your Christmas celebration. Well, I... Uh, I just, I, I've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed the ideas that you've shared uh, and uh, always look forward to what you have to share with us. And we'll we'll provide a link um, for other ideas that you have to share. We'll provide that uh, with your, your uh, blog there as well so that folks can check out your ideas. I, I love the pictures of the uh, the Winter Village too. The, oh, the, <laughs> the Lego Winter Village. That's a, a great idea. And uh, with uh, some of the weather we've had here lately, that's uh, probably a nice indoor activity for Definitely. this time of year. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for being our guest, sharing your ideas today. Amanda Markle, home educator, and uh, you can find out more. Uh, We'll provide a link to her blog. That's uh, amandamarkle.com. Is that right? That's correct. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being our guest today, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Coming up in just a little bit, we've got more ideas. We're going to talk with Jackie Meyer, a home educator, returning to Faith and Family to share some of her family's ideas for a season of Advent and maybe some of the stuff they do at Christmas as well. Stick around for more Faith and Family right after this break on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Concordia University, Mequon, Wisconsin, overlooks the beautiful shoreline of Lake Michigan. This serene main campus of CUW is just 15 miles north of Milwaukee with all its vibrant cultural attractions. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, students living by the motto of inspiration in action can choose from 69 undergraduate majors, 14 master degree programs, and doctorates in pharmacy, physical therapy, and nursing practice. For more information or to take a virtual tour, visit cuw.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, Executive Director of Life Issues Institute. Cecile Richards, President of Planned Parenthood, thinks a decision to abort your unborn baby is an easy one to make. Recently, she has repeatedly said that her personal abortion wasn't a difficult decision. Don't be surprised. Planned Parenthood's the nation's largest chain of abortion mills. They're the most aggressive pro-abortion lobbyist in Washington, D.C. and at your state capitol. A tragic 90% of pregnant women who walk into Planned Parenthood have an abortion. The reality is they make tons of money from abortion, so they push it every chance they get. Women and their babies are kicked to the curb for their almighty dollar. Their motto is, care at any cost. But we know they really mean abortion at any cost. So who are the radicals on abortion? Life Issues. Stay informed. More informed than you've ever been. KFUO celebrates our 90th anniversary. On December 14th, 1924, from a small attic studio in St. Louis, KFUO was heard for the very first time. Our founders used the motto, keeping forward, upward, and onward, to go along with the call letters assigned to the station. And from that day on, KFUO has moved forward through each decade, proclaiming a Christ-centered message. We've moved upward with broadcasting in AM, FM, HD, and satellite syndication of KFUO programs. 
Worldwide KFUO continues to move onward using today's technologies including internet streaming, on-demand programs, and podcasting. The mission of that first day is the mission we have today. Go out and proclaim the gospel. Now, through the end of January, join us for fun and memories during this 90-day celebration with a new theme each week, reflecting on our 90 years of ministry. KFUO, the messenger of good news. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org slash jobsboard. Reverend Dr. Matthew C. Harrison of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod recently said these words regarding the importance of the work of Concordia Historical Institute. When you forget your past, you forget the gospel. You become locked into your own little part of time. As you study the past and know the past and know what happened in the past, you see God at work and you see Christ. Discover your Lutheran history at ConcordiaHistoricalInstitute.org. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Andy Bates. Advent! We are in the season of Advent. It's already here. And uh, so we're sharing some ideas today with uh, some of our home educators and uh, some of their ideas of uh, how to observe Advent in your home and what what they're doing in their home. And uh, maybe you can uh, use some of these ideas in your home as well. Joining us by phone, Jackie Meyer, home educator, Churubusco, Indiana, home of Turtle Town, right? Isn't that Turtle Town? Absolutely. (laughs) Jackie, welcome back to Faith and Family. Good to have you back. Uh, It's been a while since we've talked and uh, I think it was this summer we got to talk about uh, some summer activities for families. And uh, so good to have you back. And uh, seasons have changed. It's a little bit colder this time. How are things going for the Meyer family? Things are going very well. I always look forward to November and December because things tend to slow down a little bit in our house. Um, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> now, that's funny because a lot of people say things uh, pick up a lot during uh, this this season, especially during December. It seems like uh, it's very busy. How is it that you miraculously uh, slow down? Well, I slow down in November. We tend to really have a very busy fall um, season. I don't know if it's just school starting back up and just all this fall activity starting back up, but um, I don't know, November and December, uh, my husband's a huge hunter, and so I think part of it is we don't put a lot on the calendar because he's hunting a lot, so that actually puts me back home a lot because uh, just a lot of things, you know, we're just not going as a family as much uh, well, to 10,000 different places. So that I, I kind of, I used to dread hunting season, and now I look forward to it. I'm like, <laughs> woohoo, we're staying home. <laughs> so that's, a, that's always a good thing, and it usually picks up more during December with all the holiday activities, but I really, really try to limit our activities as much as possible in December just so we can enjoy time as a family and enjoy doing Christmas activities together. Uh, I really try to, anything that we don't have to put on the calendar, I try not to. So I I try to, when people are like, oh, can we schedule this? I say, oh, let's do that in January. So... Okay, so now I get it. The Meyer family is exceedingly busy throughout the rest of the year, and then you're just down to normal people's pace in November, December. Kind of. (laughs) That's not probably too far from the truth. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I know you all stay busy with all the home education, the, all the homeschool stuff going on, and all the activities that you're all involved in. So, uh, getting to slow down a little bit in November and December is is good. What do you like about, uh, particularly about the season of Advent? I know you've talked about things slowing down. Are there things that you like particularly about this season in the church year? Well, you know, we love, obviously, being Christians, it's something that we center our lives around, um, but just the the family time, the time just to talk about, and, and we try to talk about, you know, um, biblical things and, and virtues and things like that all the time, every day, throughout the year, but just to be able to really take a season and and just really every day be very intentional and uh, just about studying about the events leading up to the birth of Christ and being able to just recognize all the different things that we do that we can bring back to to Christ and, and just a, a constant giving and and how can we serve others and how can we um, how, how is what we're doing daily um, you know wrapped up into that that idea of, of servanthood and and then just focusing on Christ's birth. It's kind of a it's a fun time for us to do that and and to do it together as a family. Let's talk about uh, what a, a typical day in Advent looks like in the Meyer home. Uh, is there such a thing as a typical day? There is never such a thing as a typical day. <laughs> I have my idea of a typical day, which is just different than whatever. You know, why don't why don't uh, all of my children do do as I think in my head they should do? I don't know, but um, yeah, we. You will be surprised, actually. You'll be shocked to know that I still have not even put up our Advent calendar. My kids asked me yesterday, <laughs> oh, you know, it's starting today. And I said, I know, and I'm just not ready yet. So, um, you know, Thanksgiving weekend's always really busy, and, and it was so close this year with, um, you know, heading right in. Usually I take Thanksgiving weekend to kind of prep for, for this and always, you know, have a few extra days kind of leading up to it. And I thought, I'm even talking to Andy Bates about this. I should be so prepared. <laughs> and here I am. You know, so all of you moms out there do not feel guilty because I am not prepared either. And here I am talking about it like I'm an expert or something and I'm not. But, um, but you know, we, it's okay. And that's what I, I always think. Just keep it simple. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't, you know, just do things that, that your kids are going to love and enjoy. And, and we'll catch up on I mean, we have a couple. I have it on my list of things to put up today, actually. Um, I wanted to do it last night, but I just didn't get to it. But um, <laughs> but that's okay. It's, it's, it's so okay. So we, um, we, put, we hang up a, a little Advent calendar that I just purchased. Um, you can purchase them in little kits. You can make your own. I went out initially intending to make my own. And then I found this kit, and I thought, oh, goodness, for $6, I think I will just not make my own. And I just, <laughs> I think I got it at Joann's or Hobby Lobby or something like that, and I had a coupon, and, of course, that made it cheaper. So, um, But I just have little, they're, they're just little cards, basically, that we, um, I just have little clothes pins that we picked up at the dollar store. We just close pin, um, we, we pin up or tape up a, a one long ribbon down one of our big windows in our kitchen, and then we just clip uh, one through twenty-five on our on our um, uh, ribbon that we mm-hmm. hang up. And just each day, we have a reading that we do. Uh, I found it online, just a daily Advent reading. Uh, we've done the Jesse Tree readings in the past, um, so I know there. Are, you know, there's so many different options these days, and there are so many 
offerings online that you can purchase for a download or even just for free just to find someone else's kind of ideas that that they've done and you know it's pretty simple to to put something simple together i mean you can make it as grandiose and and big as you'd like but we try to keep it pretty simple so we just do a daily scripture reading we discuss that um, we also we do a daily activity. Obviously, we're a couple days behind, but um, but we typically do pretty simple daily activities to go along with them. But you don't even have to do that. I mean, it could just be something that you do once a week to do something fun as a family or twice a week. Um, but yeah, we we try to keep it simple. And we also do Christmas books in our house, where um, a lot of times I will just go raid the library either by picking out picking them out ahead of time when I'm really on the ga- uh, on the ball, which I've had that I've done before. I've picked specific books out that I've you know either found lists online or um, just that people have recommended that we've either put on hold at the library or kind of gathered up ahead of time and then had them for the Christmas season. So this is fair warning to all the listeners in uh, in northern Indiana, especially around Churubusco. If you want Christmas books from the library, you better get there before Jackie Meyer does. That's, that's right. And you know, we are so fortunate. We have our um, Allen County Public Library, which is so awesome. We have just so many branches that are just full of library, and they have whole Christmas sections, which is really cool. And I went yesterday to, we happened to be at the library yesterday, and I went, and I, I think we probably came home with 40 Christmas books, and, <laughs> and we didn't even put a dent in their, in their collection. I mean, really, they have so many, and they're really neat. Um, I was just looking last night at some things and uh, some Christmas things on Pinterest, and there was a whole list of Christ-centered Christmas storybooks, which I thought, you know what, I totally want to go that route sometime where we just do all um, Christ-centered, where, I mean, a lot of times we do more, you know, those mm-hmm. traditional-type Christmas books, too, and and um, or even just winter-type books. Um, but they're, it's just fun to kind of just look through them. Um, we've done Little House on the Prairie readings before where we've done their Christmas collections, and those are really fun, too. So books are a key part of, uh, well, I'm sure of daily life in general for the yes. Meyer family, but especially some books for the season, some seasonal books that, mm-hmm. that uh, are a key part of uh, this time of year for you all. And so you go and uh, check out half of the library and mm-hmm. bring it home. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you read books together as a family, or just, uh, do the kids have their individual reading time? You know, we do both. Mm-hmm. We we tend to, um, I, I usually have them all just sitting out available for them. We've had them in the past where, I know some people will wrap a book every day. Um, they'll collect them over the years and, and wrap a Christmas book every day so the kids have something to kind of open and the kids take turn opening them. Um, again, I'm just not that on the ball, but um, <laughs> I, okay. I'm more the, I'm the lazy Advent mom, you know, like, oh, they're all right over there. Just go pick one. And uh, But we'll pick a different one out pretty much every day and sit together and read it as, as a family. But, um, but, but then a, a lot of times we do something a little more um, intentional in the evening where it's something that I know that we're going to love or that is, again, more Christ-centered. We did, um, last year, we did some readings out of one of the books that featured uh, the writings of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and they were, they're specifically designed for the Advent season. There are a couple of those books out there that are good for family readings, especially if you have older kids. Um, something. I mean, my kids are 
quite a range right now, but um, but for your older kids, especially teenagers and, and that, and it would even be good for <laughs> just adults to read in general, um, <laughs> just neat for the Advent season. Tell us about. I, I want to go back to the the uh, the activities that uh, the little cards that you clip on the mm-hmm. the ribbon. Um, what are some of the ideas? Some of the activities that uh, that are on that list, that hanging list that you uh, that you do. do. Do those ideas change each year? Those activities or some repeats? We usually repeat most of them, mm-hmm. and then there are some that sometimes don't work well. Uh, you know, I've in the past we've had ones on that are you know. Uh, build a snowman together. Well, if you don't have any snow, it's kind of hard hard to build a snowman. Um, And and we've had some that have been kind of flexible like that, where we've said, okay, well, we've got some that might be weather permitting. And, um, and so then we'll just, we'll kind of, you know, slip those in here or there. If, if it's snowing outside, we'll go do something like that. Um, But what I, what I typically do is I look at our calendar for the month and I will, if there's anything on there already that we're already doing. Let's say in the past we've had building gingerbread houses on our on our list of activities that we were going to go do somewhere or going to a Christmas show of some sort or, you know, we've gone to the Nutcracker in the past. But anything that's Christmas-related that we're going to do together, I, I put those on specifically first. So whatever date those are for, I will slip those in. And I just use little sticky notes inside the cards so that I can change them every year and it's really easy to move them around if you need to um but those those would go um on those specific dates and then i just fill in with whatever else we'd like to do and i again i try to keep it as simple as possible in the past like i said we've tried to do some kind of bigger more exciting things and then sometimes that's overwhelming to me and then we don't feel like doing it and then what fun is that so we do you know just like oh we're gonna drink hot cocoa and and eat candy canes when it's the day to decorate the christmas tree that's always the one that's on there um and putting stamps on the christmas cards everybody loves doing that and helping with that we drive around and look at christmas lights we um, we sometimes have an open a, open a gift. We've done, you know, some people do new pajamas every year for their kids for Christmas. So we do that some years. Um, and so sometimes we'll let them open that specific gift ahead of time. Um, you know, watching Christmas movies, making popcorn. One fun one that we do um, every year at one point is eating a cookie before breakfast. And everybody thinks that's so fun. Um <laughs> One that we added a couple years ago was uh, a candlelight dinner with the kids, which they just love. Oh, my goodness. I think that's so much fun. We, and we all dress up, and, and it's kind of a, like a fun event at our house. Um, so some of these you would have to kind of plan ahead of time. Not that there's a lot of planning to that because you really could make any dinner a candlelight dinner. But um, we don't have any special um, plates or any you know china or anything in our house but i know some people do and if we had it i would definitely bring it out at that time but um i always thought oh that would be fun to bring out the china if we had china but we don't have china so (laughs) (laughs) but um even just um we have a former neighbor that we when we lived at our other house we go and he's 86 years old we visit him we're going to sing christmas carols with him this year um we're going to have a bonfire this year and, and do Christmas carols out there, maybe roast some marshmallows, um, family game night, pine cone bird feeders to make, um, sing and dance to Christmas songs, picnic in front of the Christmas tree, wrap Christmas presents, go for a winter walk. I mean, just really, and you can find these things on lists everywhere online. I mean, if you search 
ideas for Advent for kids. You know, you'll just get a gazillion ideas that come up. Um, doing a pajama day, Christmas party with friends, um, just things like that. I mean, just just fun stuff. I like the the uh, the picnic in front of the Christmas tree. I like yeah. that idea. Now I have to say the one about uh, drinking hot cocoa, eating candy canes. You do that every day. I was gonna house, say the, when it's cold, <laughs> I I have I just I'm throughout the whole winter when it's cold I make hot make hot cocoa. Now the candy canes I can yeah yeah that that I can do without it doesn't matter to me. Sure. But sure. the the hot cocoa yeah that's kind of a daily thing when it's really cold in our household. I'm gonna have to admit that's kind of one of my things too. And my kids get it. They they get it. We usually make paper snowflakes too on that day when we do um, hot cocoa because we we don't do hot cocoa every day. But my kids kind of my my um, my treat to them for giving me 30 minutes by myself in the house when they go outside and play <laughs> outside in the winter. <laughs> I let them have hot cocoa when they come in, and that's kind of one of my. I'm like sure. You can have hot cocoa. You go play for 30 minutes outside and cold. You come in. You have earned it. You've given me 30 minutes by myself. I'm good. <laughs> now, as a home educator, are, are any of these things tied to any of the lessons, any of the, the materials or, or any of the topics that you're covering in, in homeschool? Um, not not generally. Um, sometimes we have the way they work our curriculum that we use specifically. They, they'll do Christmas-type things um, during it, but, but not... I mean, overall, it's we don't tie it in. We I did yesterday when we did uh, get all the books from the library. I got a lot of um, Christmas crafts for kids and things like that, where they would just be doing more Christmas type crafts. Um, but overall, I hope it's not terrible. <laughs> we're not no, really okay. tying that much in um, to Christmas for what we're teaching, unless it happens to just be in there. <laughs> how do you? How do you? build your I mean this is something you've been building over time the, the activities that you do as a, as a home educator and as the activities you do as a family as a household uh, for Advent and for Christmas how do you come up with these ideas how do you gather these ideas and, and put them all together how have you built this this uh, uh, system of, uh, of ideas and activities for Advent if you will well, it's just a little at a time, honestly, because when I first, when my kids were really little, we really didn't do much of anything. I mean, we we might read some Christmas books and things like that. My mom, my mom comes over every year and bakes cookies with all of us for a whole day. So that's one thing that we always do. We always put that on as baking cookies um, with Grandma, and that's really fun for them. And and she has a little tree that she brings over for them, and well, I think I actually think we store it now, <laughs> but um, but. It's with, I mean, it has all the nativity characters on it, and so they talk through the whole Christmas story as they're, um, as they're doing that. And that was probably what started us in the beginning was her saying, oh, I want to do a little tree with the girls. And, and uh, so she would bring that over, and we would, we would have cookies and that kind of thing, and we would just talk. And so I thought, okay, well, what other traditions can we start? And then I saw, okay, all these people are doing these Advent calendars, because we didn't do anything like this when I was a kid. Um, it wasn't something, I mean, we obviously did our Advent services that we went to in church, but Mm -hmm. we didn't do a daily activity or anything like that. Um, and I know there's something called truth and tinsel. I don't know if you've talked about that on Mm -hmm. your show at all, but it's kind of a Christian alternative to the elf on the shelf, um, activities that are events that people see a lot. And, and if you Google truth and tinsel, then that's a, you get, a bunch of things that come up for that too, and I think there's a, maybe a book that goes with that. I, I 
you'd have to look it up. But um, but I know they do a lot of daily mm-hmm. type activities, and you know it's tied in to um, the nativity versus you know Santa Claus kind of a thing. Sure. Um, and so I've just kind of built a little at a time, and where we would do a lot more Christmas type activities and crafts, and then all of a sudden I thought, you know, we should do something daily that's just kind of something to look forward to, and and just I mean. Getting on to, if, if your listeners are on Pinterest, I mean, there are so many ideas <laughs> on there. Um, and just to Google any of it, Google it, it's, it you'll get a, a ton of ideas. So we've just kind of built, and like I said, we just kind of look at each year and say, what do we already have on the calendar? What can we add? What's simple for us to do? What what overwhelms me? Well, <laughs> what doesn't? You bring up a good point, and especially this, I think, is associated with Pinterest. I and mean, this is probably uh, a, 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 a potential program down the road, a much longer conversation. But looking at Pinterest and all the ideas on there mm-hmm. and seeing how how great some people do, you know, how great of a job some people do at, at certain things. It, it can be overwhelming to look at all these ideas and go, okay, well, I wish we could do this, this, and this. How do you, how do you regulate that so that you're not so like, you know, trying to do everything uh, that you want to do and, and, and do it so perfectly? I mean, there's got to be some balance to it. You can't do a hundred and, uh, you know, 20 activities. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's where I, I know what my limits are. And that's what I, it, you know, if you're going to do bigger things, maybe just do one thing a week kind of a thing. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of what you can handle, <laughs> handle uh, for your sanity. Cause I, I know I, I, I teeter sometimes on, on, uh, oh, this has to be perfect and oh I need to do it better and 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 what I really think is my my kids just want to have fun. I mean they don't care how perfect anything is. They just they love the idea. I mean you could use brown paper bags for, you know, your your um your calendar just sitting out and and they would love it. I guarantee it. And with with sharpie numbers on them, you know, it's <laughs> it's just it it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be fancy. And I've learned that with my kids so much. They just like being together. They like the surprise of it and the fun of it, um, and it just, I try to say, what's so easy that I don't have to plan? I always like to not have to plan things, <laughs> or I like to plan them once and be done, mm-hmm. and so um, that's why we've taken some of the things off of our list that we've done in the past, because it's just something that I just think, ooh, that's just too much for us this mm-hmm. year, or or maybe we'll put that in you know my back pocket <laughs> and I'll pull it out if I feel really you know energetic or whatever. Okay, so, what were what was one of those ideas that uh, yeah just had to say okay maybe save it for later or never? Um, well, sometimes baking cookies is, is that kind of a thing. That's why it's nice that grandma comes over and helps with that because sometimes it, any kind of an art project I always feel sometimes is just overwhelming to to try to, to you. Gather all these kids and not make this humongous mess. Glitter, oh, glitter is banned from my house forever. Glitter, sand, and sequins. Oh, yes. (laughs) So it's just, there's just too much of it. It just ends up everywhere. And and I try to put a time limit on art projects because that tends to help me too. I think I can handle this for 40 minutes and then it's time to clean it up and put it away. And whoever's not done, I'm sorry, you know, kind of a thing. But. You have to you have to know what you can handle and and so I just try to think okay what's the easiest thing we can do I'm trying to remember if there's been anything major that we've that we've taken off the list but um, there are definitely definitely things that are harder to squeeze in um, than than others and I mean a lot of people watch a lot of Christmas movies we will we'll watch a couple yeah um, but yeah I don't know just 
Sleeping under the Christmas tree, that's another big one that my kids always look forward to every year. It's like a big Christmas sleepover. and <laughs> So you picnic uh, in front of the Christmas tree, mm-hmm. have a sleepover under the Christmas tree. I know, it's fun. <laughs> fun stuff. So uh, when you're looking at, at, at ideas, projects, activities, anything that has glitter in it, yeah, it instantly no, is do not marked do it. off. Knowing your, no. <laughs> knowing your limits, uh, yeah. that, that's, a, that's, a, that's good advice when, when planning activities, knowing what's going to work. I know for us... Uh, with the with the real little one, uh, you know, planning our, our activities generally uh, is related to what time of day it will be. Mm-hmm. Is it is it going to be close to nap time? Yeah. Um, and and having flexibility uh, in mind because sometimes nap time doesn't always go the way we want it to. And so, is he going to be able to uh, uh, to participate or be involved in the activity later on? Right. Um, or is that going to require extra attention because he's hasn't had his nap. <laughs> right. I know. And you have to think about that. <laughs> and that applies to adults, too. You know, if we don't get our proper rest, that makes a difference in what activities we're doing. That is so true. So true. <laughs> well, anything else? Uh, what, are your, what do your kids have to say about the, the Advent and uh, Christmas activities that uh, the Meyer family uh, does throughout the Well, they're obviously the chomping at the bit right now, getting ready. You know, like, let's get going. Yeah. <laughs> But they, you know, they really love them. They love, my girls love to craft. They, anything that's craft related, they love to do coloring pictures and making things. So I, I did pick up some books that were, you know, what kind of crafts that kids can make or gifts that kids can make on their own kind of a thing. They love wrapping presents. They love helping with all those kinds of things. So I, I tend to try to think what do my kids love the most and, and what can what would they enjoy doing, and and how can they help me? Even I mean, when we wrap Christmas presents, I'm like, great, this is fabulous. You guys all wrap grandma and grandma's presents, and then I don't have to do it. So um, <laughs> it's it, they're like my little elves around here. But um, uh, another thing, oh, this was a great one that somebody did with my kids, and I I've done this. We have just about about twenty seconds. Okay, so, they sorry. wrap them up like they wrap them up as a present. So they themselves just wrapping paper and wrap them, and they thought that was just the coolest <laughs> thing ever. So they they love it. They love it. Wrap up your kids, but don't try to ship them. That's right, not a good no idea. Right, yeah. them. Yes, just wrap them up. Yes. <laughs> well, Jackie, I have enjoyed the conversation, and you all always have great ideas for us uh, throughout the year. Glad to hear that uh, you all are getting ready. Hopefully, you can go get your advent calendar ready when we're done talking. Yes. I will do that. (laughs) Thanks so much for being my guest today on Faith and Family. Good to hear from you again. Great ideas. Thanks, Andy. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word. Going to study God's Word right here on Worldwide KFUO with Pastor Whedon. Stick around for more after this break on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.